Hi, and thank you for listening to Next Level Medical Assisting. Uh, This podcast is all about medical assisting and how we can be better, more efficient, and more patient-oriented. It will be positive and supportive, bringing together medical assistants and other clinical staff to be able to lightheartedly discuss medical assisting and related areas while exchanging ideas for how to be a better MA, such as compassion, detail-orientedness, staying professional, avoiding complacency, etc. There will be no politics or controversial topics here. Now for the legal stuff, the views and opinions stored and shared in this podcast are my own and are not endorsed by or representative of my employer. In addition, I am not a licensed medical professional approved to give medical advice. The information in this podcast is not in any way intended to be medical advice. Always seek the help of your physician or another qualified medical professional for any medical questions or concerns. Hello and welcome back to Next Level Medical Assisting. I'm Zach, your host, and this is Season 1, Episode 7, uh, Customer Service and Healthcare. And thank you for your time and listening. It's it's my hope that this podcast can help at least one healthcare worker learn how to be better at what they do and create an even better positive experience for their patients um, to, to, you know, to help their day, make their day. I, regarding this topic, I have discussed this aspect in uh, previous episodes, uh, but I wanted to go over this in more detail as I personally feel it's such an important part of what every single healthcare worker does every day. And in the rush of giving the best care that we can, it can easily get lost in the process and among the stress. And so I've, you know, I've, I've worked in quite a few different clinics and environments and with lots of different coworkers with variable approaches to their patients. Not surprisingly, you know, each company has at one point or another focused on the customer experience, which is important. I'm I'm glad that they do. And so while I've worked with quite a few fantastic people that were absolutely dedicated to giving the best possible experience at every opportunity, unfortunately, it is a common opinion from um, among healthcare workers, as well as I'm sure other fields that, you know, angry or unsatisfied patients will always be unsatisfied. There's not much that we can do about it. This boils down to the idea that the patients need to change their attitude instead of the staff taking a different approach and doing what needs to be done to um, accommodate the patient. I am human and I do understand uh, where that view comes from. I also have those feelings and thoughts that the patient is just ungrateful or is being unreasonable. The thoughts themselves are not the problem. Uh, We all have those. I think it's totally normal. It's your true feelings as well as your interaction and reaction to the patient that really is the most important. The ability to change the patient's patient's experience is almost always within the healthcare worker's reach. The question is how and are we willing to do what it takes, even if it's convenient, inconvenient, excuse me, for us. You know, it's a it's a big thing here. Is what you know? What are we willing to sacrifice to 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 make the experience better for the patient? And we'll kind of slight you know go over that in this, in this episode. <clears throat> this can be a difficult topic to broach uh, because it's more than just being nice to somebody when you don't want to be. Uh, it requires true empathy, compassion, understanding, and forgiveness in order to do it correctly. It's one thing to just tell a patient, I am sorry for the inconvenience, as a simple statement. Uh, Those words, really when you just say them, don't mean a whole lot if if you're just stating them without any feelings behind them. 
However, it's a very different thing to say that same phrase with empathy to the point that the patient can visually and audibly see and hear that you are truly sorry for their experience. In addition, being sorry really isn't good enough. That's just the beginning. What comes next is action. If you're truly sorry for their experience, then you should do everything in your power to rectify what has happened and or accommodate them in any way possible. Oftentimes, this can and will create further work for you and will possibly add to your stress that day, but I promise you it will mean the world to the patient. Even if they don't tell you to your face, they won't forget what you did for them and it will change all future interactions you have with them. And word gets around in the likely letter that people know. I've proven this repeatedly time and time again with patients that have just gone the extra mile. It wasn't wasn't convenient for me, but they haven't forgotten what I've done for them, even if the conclusion wasn't exactly what they were looking for. I do not have any degree uh, in human interaction or customer service. What I do have is 20 years experience in dealing with the public and several in-service classes throughout my career regarding customer service. And believe me, I've made more than my fair share of mistakes. Uh, Importantly, though, I learned from them and adjusted my behavior accordingly, and I'm still learning to this day. I'll be the first to tell you that, for me, one of the hardest parts about providing this service is when I'm apologizing for somebody else's mistake or lack of effort, and the fact that I have no power over whether they change their behavior or not, which means I will likely be doing this again in the future. You know, hopefully not, but realistically, you very well might because other people can be difficult to change and it's not my place to address their behavior as long as it's not, you know, um, blatantly wrong or, or rude or, or um, not safe. <clears throat> this used to bother me an inordinate amount. Uh, I would get thoughts in my head that I was better than other staff or that my way was the best way. But let me be very clear here. That thinking was wrong and still is wrong. The entire clinic, they're all a team. That includes the front desk, the medical assistants, the nurses, the providers, the x-ray techs, phlebotomists, anybody else. Could be a prescription coordinator, could be really, you know, anybody else in the clinic. And you guys are all a team. We're all a team to help give the patient the best experience. And sometimes that does mean, you know, cleaning up other people's messes. The idea is that we do it for somebody else and somebody else might do it for us because we're human and, and we're not perfect. We are all responsible. We are all responsible for everybody's actions and we should go the extra mile for every patient, regardless of why or how, as long as it's doable and reasonable. So reasonable is important, but reasonable a lot of times is, you know, the parameters of that are, are farther wide than, than a lot of people think. Reasonable doesn't just mean is it is it convenient for you in that moment or convenient for you to do. You know, is it something that's within your power, even if it takes extra effort or time to do that is inconvenient to you, but something that you can do to, to make the patient's experience more positive? That's that's an important definition, you know, for for reasonable that, you know, that is falls within the rules, too, because I think a lot of people, you know, a lot of people will see a a patient complaining and think they're being unreasonable. But but are they really being unreasonable or is it just your opinion of, of their situation? You know, maybe they are. But what can we do that is within reason to assist them and help their that situation? Learning the skill of going the extra mile for patients, even when it's inconvenient to you, is difficult and requires a large amount of humility, forgiveness, and understanding. 
The idea is to put ourselves in the patient's position and think, what would we want? So it's easy to think, you know, I wouldn't be that unreasonable or that you would approach it differently. But that's not the position, the, the patient's position at that moment. They are likely upset, frustrated, angry or annoyed. Now imagine yourself when you're feeling those emotions, what would you like the person that you're talking to to do about the situation? We're all, we all have those emotions, we're all human, we get to that point, and whether or not it's right or wrong or the emotions themselves are reasonable, they're there for a reason. And the idea is what can we do as the person in the position that's hearing their concerns, what can we do to assist them with this and, and turn it into a positive situation or a better experience for the patient? <clears throat> the very first thing you should do is listen. This is very important. Uh, it seems simple, but it actually is quite hard for a lot of people because it's not just hearing what the patient is telling you. It's actually listening and empathizing with what they have been through and acknowledging their frustrations, regardless of what you personally think of them at that moment. As easy as it is, I find often that the staff member speaking with the patient is impatient and will often cut them off or assume they know what they what they are going to say. Even if you do know what they are going to say, that's irrelevant. It's extremely important to let them finish speaking their mind and for you to express understanding of what they have been through. At this moment here, right here, where you're speaking to this patient, your opinion has no place, particularly if you disagree with them. Right there, their concerns and frustrations are of the utmost importance, and that's what we're focusing on right now. Not whether or not we agree with what they have to say or 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 their their opinion of the situation. <clears throat> Don't forget that you're at that point in time you're a rep, you're a representative of your company and your clinic, uh, and you're not speaking for yourself. You're speaking for your company. That's important. From my experience. Most people just want to be heard and have a chance to vent their frustrations, although this is not all that needs to happen. Our goal is not just to appease them, but to go the extra mile and ensure that we make up for any problems, uh, as well as doing our absolute best to ensure that what they are asking for is, is done and, and done correctly to the best of our ability. Once the patient has had a, a chance to express what they went through and their frustrations, we should always be sure to answer any questions they have, as well as apologize with sincerity for what they have been through. Whether or not we made a mistake doesn't matter. Whatever happened, it was very frustrating for them, and that is something that we should apologize for. So it's, it's not a matter of apologizing necessarily that we made an error, that whatever they went through was frustrating and difficult. And because of that, we're going to apologize for that. We're not necessarily apologizing because somebody made an error. Even if it wasn't an error, it was still frustrating for the patient. Very important to understand. We're seeing it from their perspective. Our next step in this process should be asking any, any clarifying questions. So this serves as a dual purpose of clearing up any questions about what had happened, as well as showing them that you were listening to what they said and you were interested in the details so it can be fixed. This is important. It, you know, it's it's more. It shows that you're more than just hearing. You're actually listening and intrigued and involved by what they're saying and interested in and want to address it. And so it seems like a simple thing, but really it it, it makes a large impact with the patient. <clears throat> while asking questions and while the patient is relaying to you about their experience, there really should be critical thinking going on inside your head, with you constantly 
about what the perspective was from the clinic side, you know, when they're telling you about what happened, you know, what was the other person on the other end of the phone thinking, you know, what, what possibly went wrong and, and what's the most efficient and convenient way for the patient for us to address this. There's no reason to go into and, and blame other people. It's very important that you don't blame other people or throw anybody under the bus. You know, you can apologize for what happened. You weren't there. It's not your place to comment on, on, on what exactly happened. Uh, so you want to apologize for what happened and move forward to the most convenient and efficient way for, for you in that moment to address what the concern is for the patient. And so, you know, you're not focusing on the past necessarily, you're acknowledging it and moving forward to how you can make the situation better, but also not discrediting what they've been through. <clears throat> a very important phrase that I like to constantly remind myself about is find a way to say yes. So this is so important. Somebody told me this and one of my one of my supervisors told me this at a job some years ago. I don't even know if it was in medical. I think it was in healthcare or excuse me, in food. Um, and so it was it was like it, it it really stood out to me, you know, find a way to say yes. There are a million ways to tell a patient that we are not able to accommodate what they are asking for. But the only response that matters is the one that satisfies the patient, which is the closest possible solution to what they are asking for. I completely understand that there are lots of variables that you cannot control. That's indisputable and it's going to happen. Including what other people will do if and when this lands on their desk or is their responsibility. I like to take the approach of addressing their concern in a way that I'm able to personally handle as many details as possible. Even if they are not my specific patient, it doesn't change anything. I may coordinate with the MA for the assigned provider, but I will always offer, if not insist, to take the lead and follow up with the patient. A critical component of this is to not make or insinuate promises or assurances that you cannot personally keep. So if the patient is requesting something that is out of your control, you should validate the request and why it's important, as well as that you will do everything in your power to accommodate it. But be sure to clarify that you cannot speak for other staff and ultimately the decision lies with somebody else as long as it actually does. If it's something that you can do, then do it. If it's reasonable and allowed and permitted and it's within your power to do it, by all means, you should make every effort to do it and assure the patient that it will be done. If you can't do it for sure, then don't make any promises that you can't keep, but you know, let them know that, that, you're, that you want to do it. The emphasis should be on your desire and willingness to get the result they are requesting, while also giving reasonable expectations about what may or may not happen. This is very important. It's not something that is easy to do. It's, it's something that you know can take a moment to explain to them and answer their questions. They may express frustration. That's absolutely okay. It's totally normal and really it's to be expected. And so the idea is to vest, invest a little bit more time here you know, to, to help down the line for yourself uh, and, and for the patient. I'll go into a little bit later. <clears throat> the next step is vital, the follow-up. At minimum, you should do exactly as you promised for your part. But to give the next level experience, we should be constantly thinking of anything else we can do to secure the result they are wanting. This, in this includes prioritizing the situation. 
obviously the time of the provider you're working with, what, you know, you're rooming patients, you got other stuff going on, will be the definitive priority. And there are peripheral duties that will come after that, you know, such as something that might need to be done for a patient in the clinic, an EKG, blood draw, x-ray, paperwork, whatever it may be. But beyond what is necessary to be completed immediately, the frustrated patient's cons- uh, excuse me, situation should be the focus. This very likely could involve delaying other things that need to be done, such as, say, prior authorizations that you're waiting to do or messages you're waiting to attend to or prescription refills or sending a fax or even answering other phone calls <clears throat> or, or uh, addressing other patients in person, you know, whatever it may be. As long as you're not completely discarding somebody's concern or another patient, you know, you want to finish with what you're doing with there, do the best job you can to get the solution that the best solution that can be can be had. So the next step is to keep an eye on whether or not that person uh, that is needed to be involved uh, in the next step is following through. So this could be the provider if you sent them a message, or it could be another MA if you need them to do something with, say, paperwork or whatnot. It could be the nurse if you need her to follow up. It could be, you know, really anything, maybe the front desk to call and, and do something administrative or schedule an appointment. What we can do as the MA and the person handling this is, is advocacy on the patient's behalf and it should be exercised while also respecting the decision of whomever is making uh, that ultimate choice and ultimate decision as to what is to be done. This could include explaining to the individual your personal experience uh, with, with the patient situation that you were trying to do whatever is possible to rectify it, rectify it. So this, for instance, could be if the provider, if you're, they need a refill and, and you're sending it to the provider and, and for whatever reason you go to them and ultimately, obviously, the provider has the discretion whether or not to send the refill and then their, it's their clinical decision. Uh, it's by no means a guilt trip. You're simply re- relaying the struggles of the patient and what they have been through and that you're trying to do everything reasonable to assist them. And if that, if the answer to that is still that they can't do it, then then that's okay. And that's, you know, where the next step comes in here in a second. And you, you speak with the patient and relay what you have to. But we should do our part to advocate, not guilt trip, not pressure, but advocate and make sure that the important information from the patient whether or not we deem it to be important that the patient thinks is important is is available to the provider so they can make the best educated decision or or whoever it may be that's making that decision. So once the decision has been made, uh, whatever it may be, it is usually your job to relay the answer to the patient. If for some reason another staff member uh, contacts the patient to relay the info, you should be sure to double check that the solution was resolved to the best possible outcome. If you were the person who is relaying the final answer to the patient, this can be a very delicate job, depending on what the conclusion is. If the decision is positive and matches exactly what the patient was requesting, then the conversation can be quite jovial and lighthearted, really, because everybody should be happy. Even though this is the case, humility is still important. And even though it was a positive resolution, we don't want to forget the frustration that the patient has been through. It it doesn't give us permission to discredit what they've been through and their frustration. We should be happy for them, not for us, but for them that it came to a positive conclusion. If the decision is less than ideal and does not fully accommodate what the patient is requesting, this takes tact and a hint of regret to relate while also being sure to support the decision and why it was made and why it's in the best interest of the patient. Now, I will not tell you this is easy. It is not. 
It takes walking a fine line between empathy for the patient and stand be, standing by the decision of your coworker, your manager, whoever it may be. It's it, it's not an easy thing to do, but it's it's very important. You're walking a fine line. You're not taking sides. It's not it's not the clinic versus the patient. It's not you versus them. You know, you're simply, you know, empathizing with the patient and explaining the decision from the person who had the authority to make it and why it was made. And if there's any questions that you cannot answer personally, you should assure the patient you will send it to whoever can answer them and you will personally get back to them uh, with the response to make sure that you follow through and that they, they get the information that they needed. So I can, I can personally attest that even if the decision is not what the patient was expecting or hoping for, it does not have to have an effect on their gratitude for your assistance. People in general are very reasonable. Even if they are angry, if given the appropriate attention and opportunity to express their feelings, they usually are able to see that the decision was out of your hands and that you did everything in your power to help them. It doesn't necessarily mean they will be happy with the decision. It means that they are satisfied with your effort in the process. I can tell you from experience, this will indefinitely change the way they communicate with you for any future interactions or situations. It's hard to see in that moment. It's hard to see how it could work to your benefit in the long run, but I can assure you with the right approach and right amount of empathy and understanding and advocacy and professionalism, the patient will understand that it wasn't your decision and that you're just the messenger, but you did everything in your power to advocate for them and help that help the, the, the positive outcome they were hoping for. <clears throat> if the decision is contrary to what they were asking, your tone, attitude, and overall demeanor will speak volumes. This is so important. So words are just really one aspect of verbal communication. So anybody can say these words, you know, but, but again, your, your tone uh, and, and, you know, your demeanor, what you're saying, your attitude of how you're saying it, the volume of what you're saying, it really can, can affect um, how the patient perceives it and what you're, what you're relaying to the patient. It's so important to understand that that's the difference between just saying something and meaning something. And it's, you know, they can tell, they can tell if you don't truly mean it, somebody can tell that you're just saying something to say something. Uh, and it doesn't mean nearly as much to them as if you actually meant it. The patient is allowed to still be frustrated with the decision. We've all been there and should understand what it's like. So, you know, we, we, it, it's hard to take an answer that you don't want, and it can be harder for some people than others, but nonetheless, you know, it's, it's difficult. It's, uh, you know, it takes a lot of humility on the patient's part. And sometimes, sometimes they just don't have that, or maybe they're frustrated or angry and they're not in that mindset to take it. And so it's important to be sure to answer any further questions they may have and do not dis discredit them in any way. Even if the decision was contrary to what they wanted, you don't discredit what they were asking for. So you empathize and understand what they were asking for. You apologize that we weren't able to accommodate it. But ultimately, you know, this was the decision and, and this is why the decision was made. And if there's anything else that you can do to assist them, you know, you'd be happy to do so as long as you're able to. You want to validate that their concerns are still legitimate and that the clinic is more than happy to help, but it must be done in a way that is required by the decision maker. So whatever the ultimate decision was, you know, if you, whatever you offer to do must abide by the guidelines and, and parameters of the decision of the person that, that 
that ultimately had the say. And so that's important. But to make these these things clear to the patient is very important that you truly do want to help them, but you also have rules you have to abide by uh, and, and you have to ensure that you follow those, but that you're willing to do whatever is necessary or appropriate within those rules to do what needs to be done to help the patient. Overall, this explanation is a very vague guideline. Uh, and it can vary in many different ways and situations, and it does, I assure you. There's a lot of variables here we didn't talk about. Uh, the, the you know, any if a patient is swearing at you or harassing you or threatening you, that's different. This situation, you know, it's a little bit different than this, okay? Nobody should be threatened, harassed at all at work. And so if that's happening, it's important to uh, assertively tell the patient, you know, uh, unfortunately, you know, I... I you shouldn't, I'm, I can't let you threaten me uh, and go tell any appropriate, um, you know, supervisor or manager or whatnot. Um, you know, sometimes people get angry and they say things they don't mean. It doesn't make it okay to threaten by any means. No, you should absolutely should report it. But sometimes people, you know, will use profanity or swear even a lot, sometimes while they're yelling. Is it appropriate? No, not by any means. It shouldn't be. And it is okay in general to assert and say, you know, if you're going to continue using profanity, I cannot, I cannot continue this conversation. I'm going to have to let you go. I apologize. You know, I want to assist you, but I cannot do so if you can't stop using profanity. In my experience, most people will understand that and will stop, uh, or at least will make a very conscious effort to stop and just you know, take a moment, they not necessarily like it, but they'll take a moment and they may or may not apologize and they'll go forward from there just expressing that they're very frustrated. We've all been there. We're all human. Okay. Swear words are unfortunately really a common uh, part of, you know, what we do and we get angry or even not angry. And so, you know, don't, don't take offense to it, but swear words and profanity are different than threatening or harassment. Okay. That's important to note. Uh, and you should let them know that you're not going to you know, you're not going to take it. You don't have to listen to it, but you want to help them. So they need to discontinue that. The most important thing here, the patient's concerns are valid. They are upset for a reason. And we need to empathize, empathize with them and do everything in our power to reconcile the issue. Again, it's not going to be convenient. Most of the time it's not. The easiest thing to do is usually not the right thing to do. Very important, okay? We are sacrificing a little bit of our convenience to help them and to fix any issues that they may have to help the communication between them and you and the clinic and to help build the trust so they know that you're going to listen to them the next time they come to you. So find a way to say yes in some manner. Again, it's not the easiest route, but it is the correct route to take. This is this is so important. If you have to take a moment to step away and go sit at your desk and think, you know, figure out definitively what it is the patient's asking for, and then go sit and take a moment to think about what can you do? What are your options here? Go chat with a coworker if you need to. Go chat with a manager or the provider and just lay out the situation and say, you know, I really want to help this patient. I'm just not sure what I can do. Uh, and just, you know, talk it out and find the best solution. In closing, I promise you that by taking the moment to go the extra mile, it will save you time and frustration with future issues, primarily because the patient will know that you truly care and are actually listening to them the first time that they tell you something. Now, it's not an immediate reward. It's not, and that can be hard to swallow sometimes. 
But over time, when doing this with every patient, you will be pleasantly surprised at how your communications with patients change to be much more positive, even if you have to relay less than ideal answers. I know this is hard to see. I, I know in practice it can be very difficult, but I've repeatedly proven this over and over again, and I, I know there's lots of out, other people out there that have. And so I, I'm not going to say that customer service comes easy, easy to everybody. It's not easy in general. Again, it takes you a lot of humility, which can be really difficult to to understand and 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 to get and and to practice. Uh, but it's so important because it will say so much about you. And we are there for the patients. That's the most important thing. We're not there to be stepped on or ran over, but we're there for the patients and to do anything we can to accommodate them and understand that more often than not, patients don't come to us because they feel good for the most part. Even if they're for a physical, they're a preventative, they usually have a concern. They usually don't feel good. And so we want to do what we can to accommodate them within reason. So again, thank you so much for listening and thank you for coming back to this episode. I really appreciate it. This, uh, this you know, customer service in healthcare is a real passion for me and I, I, I can't emphasize how important it is. Um, I, you know, I do see, I don't want to insinuate that uh, other healthcare workers are not doing this. I've seen healthcare workers that put me to shame. I've definitely made my fair share of mistakes. And, you know, I've seen some doctors that truly will just go out of their way to bend over backwards for patients, uh, which really is inspiring. I mean, it's considering how much doctors have on their plate. But anybody can do this. They could be the front desk. It could be the x-ray tech, the phlebotomist, anybody. It could be, and it's important to note that whether or not it's your assigned patient, that shouldn't matter. They're a patient. Even if they're not a patient at your clinic, they're a potential patient. And you treat them just like your patient. And so everybody should go the extra mile take a minute to explain, understand, and go from there and put yourself in their position. That's very important. Okay. If you were upset and frustrated in that moment, what would you want? How would you want somebody to react to you and to communicate with you? So thank you. Thank you so much for listening uh, and tuning into uh, Next Level Medical Assisting. And I, I sincerely look forward uh, to my, ne my next episode next week and speaking with everybody or speaking to everybody again. If you have any feedback, please, by all means, you can email me at nextlevelmedicalassisting at outlook.com or you can, or at the very least, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, NLMA under slash official. Uh, feel free to, to direct message me or, or just send me a tweet or, or whatever it may be. Uh, feedback, suggestions, opinions, anything like that, I'd be happy to take it and address it. Uh, and if anybody's interested in being a guest on this series, please let me know. By all means, I would love to have a guest on the series and, and hear somebody else's perspective. Mine is uh, not the only perspective by any means. And I would definitely love to have somebody else on here and hear what they have to say, whether that's front desk or medical assisting or provider, nurse, or even you know somebody who's thinking about the healthcare field or, or a student, whatever it may be. If that's the case, you can send me an email, nextlevelmedicalassisting at outlook.com. So again, thank you so much for your time.